Tanya. And I'm Darren. And welcome to our podcast called Beyond the Photo Assignment. <laughs> I do know it. Do you, do you actually know the name I of do, our podcast? I do, Very I do good. listen to us sometimes too. This is a podcast for aspiring photographers. And for students still at college and making their way through. This week's topic is your guide to entering the photographic industry. So is it really any sort of way of entering the industry that's, that's actually normal? I, I know that I came in through a weird sort of way, but Tanya, how did you get into the industry? I was a student straight from uni. So I sort of went step by step by step. Yeah. So you went from high school into uni. Into university, yeah. Had a yep. folio, finished. Well, while I was in university, I had to approach photographers and start getting assisting work. So I entered the industry by assisting advertising. Back then they were called advertising photographers as opposed to commercial photographers. And I started that way. So you just said that uh, you started assisting work whilst you were still at uni. Was it like a first year, second year sort of thing or, or how, did it, how did it sort of No, I think it was more like a third year I'm presuming it might have been part of an assignment or an assessment or something where we had to make contact with industry uh, photographers. And I'm pretty sure I started towards the end of my uh, journey at university um, and carried on for a couple of years afterwards with those same photographers. That was my story. What's yours? Mine's probably a little bit more of a roundabout sort of way than yours. Uh, you had so, an iPhone and you just took photos and said, I'm a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I would have been much better photographer if I did. <laughs> no, I, I actually started photography as a hobby just to get me out and about and doing something creative. I was in, in, in a job where it was very regimented and very sort of do this, do that. And I just needed a, a creative outlet and it just started as a hobby. Probably my first couple of years in my job, I became the official photographer for where I worked. Oh, wow. And actually started getting paid for basically doing a little bit of work, but mostly photography. And when it was time for me to leave, I was talking to a friend of mine and said, oh my God, I'm sort of done here. I'm done with this job now. What, what am I going to do next? And he sort of looked at me and went, you're a photographer, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day, you're a photographer, you idiot. <laughs> and there we go. That's a great way to introduce this week's topic, which is breaking in, your guide to entering the photographic industry. Breaking in. Breaking in. Breaking bad. <laughs> so before you actually break in, there's a couple of things you need to get right inside your brain. And one of them is what genre of photography you're going to go into. Do you love doing portraits? Do you like landscape? Do you want to be a fine art photographer or maybe even go into fashion? The reason this is important is because you need to love what you do. Uh, by loving what you do, it actually can, it, it shows in your work. Um, and I find that sometimes it can take a little bit longer for some people to find their niche and sometimes it's a little bit faster. But by finding that style and that, niche that you love, it will help you succeed in that area of photography. So don't worry about if you don't have your niche sort of sorted out now. I mean, people listening to this podcast are either just sort of starting out or they're, they're still a student. So sort of just do your work and do as much 
sort of as you can and as much different stuff as you can. And experiment. Exactly. Experiment. And find what you love. You might accidentally fall into something and go, oh my God, I really love this specialised area. I never knew I'd like it. So this is kind of how I found my my journey, Darren, my journey, <laughs> journey. again. I don't know what's oh, with God. me in journeys today. But I started, originally started my photography career shooting architecture, but was adamant that I wanted to get into the fashion industry. So I went against everything I was shooting and got my foot in the door of fashion, shot it for many years. And although I still love fashion, I've ended up back in the architectural industry and I absolutely love it. And it took me a really, really, really long time to be able to find my feet in that industry. So with me, as you know, I did architecture, got into fashion, went back to architecture. Um, and I've been in the industry for 21, 22 years. So it sort of took me a little while to find my feet. How did you find yours, Darren? I don't think I have. <laughs> <laughs> I still sort of mess around with a couple of genres. I mean, when I first started breaking in, I did some assisting for a wedding photographer. And so, you know, I started doing wedding photography, but I didn't like it. I just didn't like it's, shooting. It's hard work. Yeah, it's it really, is. It's 12 hour days and it's hard work. And I started doing some smaller jobs for people and sort of private sort of, I uh, shouldn't say private, <laughs> private photography. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like those smaller little jobs for, for people, yeah. but not working in with businesses. Yeah. You know, I was... I wasn't really enjoying it. Chasing people up for invoices and stuff like that. Hated it. Hated it. I started getting a few little jobs with small businesses and I went, oh my God, these people want you in. They want you out as quickly as possible. And they pay you invoices. And they pay the invoices yeah. on time. Yeah. So even though you, you mentioned that you haven't found your niche you kind of have found something that you enjoy doing and you're sticking with it for now. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's oh, what it's, oh, sorry. <laughs> we can't talking over each other I again. Think, I think that's what it's about. It's about finding something you love for now. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be long-term, but it's what you want to do at this time in your life. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Find something that you love for now. You don't have to do it forever. Like life, your photography path can change. So Daz, when you started approaching those small businesses, how did you sell yourself? That's one thing most people want to know. Um, one of the things I started to do was actually start building a portfolio of images of those businesses that I was taking um, images for. I think a portfolio is a great way for you to show what people you can do inside your niche. You know, sort of curating the best sort of images I think I started off with about 12 images on my website and that was about it. But, you know, there were That's the all you need to start with though. Exactly. All you need is six to 12 really, really good images and that's it. And, and you are on the way. Most people these days don't even ask for my website, to be honest. They ask for my Instagram address. So I suppose if you're real on Instagram, <laughs> you're real. I mean, portfolios on your website are really, really important, but I think it's also very important to have those 12 images on Instagram, having a professional account, maybe even having a LinkedIn account as well, just to sort of prove your authenticity. Uh, and this goes back to the episode we did on building a portfolio. So go and listen to that. Go and listen to that one. <laughs> so that's how I started building my portfolio. Um, how did you sort of build your portfolio and how did you start selling 
your services off to um, people in your niche? My portfolio was uh, built during university, obviously. Uh, back then it was a good old uh, leather-bound book with pages. A leather-bound book. <laughs> it was leather-bound, <laughs> embossed. It had my Tanya Lee photography embossed. In oh, the wow. Front. There was a place in Richmond that does that. Still got it. I'll have to bring it in and show you one day. Uh, and... I started approaching clients. So back then it was going in, meeting the people and showing them the portfolio. Actually physically going physically in Physically going in and, and showing, showing them yeah, There was no emails portfolio. back then. Yeah, yeah, it was. Now I'm probably going to, oh, there probably was email, but they weren't like they are today. It was people, it was phone calls, people meet in person. Uh, in sort of this day and age, how would I get a client? I already have an established website. I have an established Instagram and LinkedIn account including Facebook. I do find I get a fair bit of work off Facebook as well. Uh, and I reckon I cold call. I mean, cold, I don't cold call. I cold email. If there's anyone I want to work with, I will send them a, an email. Um, whether it gets ignored or not, so be it. I do get a lot of my work word of mouth, which is great. Uh, word of mouth is probably the big percentage of where I get my clientele from. And networking. I think networking is really, really important. I'm always prepared to meet new people. And I'm always willing to discuss what I do and have my business cards on, on I was going to say, you're not one of these people that just whip out a business card at any no, provocation, No, no, but you? I always make sure I've got one nearby or at least, you know, can show them my Instagram account or something so they've got access to contact me at a future date. Yep. How do you, Darren, uh, contact people or clients or potential clients? I'm a bit like you. Like a lot of my work comes from word of mouth now. I've, I've sort of built a portfolio and I wouldn't say... Here we go. I've built a following. I haven't actually built <laughs> the, the, ten I, pe the 10 people that I know. I'm famous now. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Hi, I'm Darren. I'm a famous photographer. 10 people know who I am. Um, but, you know, you start building up people that you know, and then you do good job for them. And then they sort of pass you on to other people. And then they pass you on to other people. It's also good, though, when you're on a job, when I say word of mouth as well for me, if I'm actually on a job, so say I'm, I'm shooting an event for a corporate company, I do my best work and I present myself well because what normally happens is one or two people from that event may contact the event organiser and say, who was your photographer? I liked her style. Can you please pass on um, her details? Because we have a few things coming up that we need a photographer for. This happened to me literally Yesterday, I think I got an email from a client saying, I've just passed on your details. They like your style. Um, they want to get in contact with you. So this is how I get my work. I, I stay professional. Uh, I make sure I give my client what they want. And if it is something where there are other people around, I sort of do a bit of networking. Then I don't sell myself and say, hey, I'm a photographer. Hire me. But I, I present myself in a professional way so anyone else there can see how I work. And get staying on staying on presenting yourself as, as a professional – I mean, even dressing, dressing slightly, slightly up than what you <laughs> usually do. And I've seen, I've seen this at certain events and I've seen this at openings of things where the photographer is in jeans and a hoodie. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what the hell is this person doing? So does that mean my black work <laughs> sneakers aren't classified <laughs> as dressing up? You know what I mean. Um, but, you know, they don't possess present themselves professionally. I just look at them and just go, oh my God, what are you, what are you even doing? I mean, the images might be great, but I'm. You're looking at them. Exactly. They're so, meant to blend into whatever their situation is and they don't, they stand out like a sore thumb. Correct. So if you're doing a wedding, don't walk in in jeans and a hoodie. No, I normally wear all black to a wedding. 
So I sort of, I'm not in reflections. I am not bouncing my color off everybody. Yeah. It's according to the, what you're shooting is how you should dress. So Darren, if I'm sitting at home, twiddling my thumbs, trying to get clients and I'm tearing my hair out, what would you suggest? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, you've sort of got to make your opportunities. And one of the great ways of doing that is like attending a networking event. There's business networking events all over the place. How do you find them? I, when I first started out, I found a lot on Facebook. Oh yes. Yep. Yep. And, um, and also if you join the local camera club or anything like that, then you'll sort of stumble into where the local businesses are doing their networking events as well. Also the, your city council, uh, normally run uh, small business networking events. They're, they're always a good one to go to. Actually, the your local Chamber of Commerce is probably a really, really good place to start because what a lot of photographers don't do is go to those things. So you'll probably be the only one there <laughs> and therefore... Seize the moment. Exactly. <laughs> you've got a captive audience. You're the, the only photographer there. So you did mention Facebook groups. I will admit that I get a fair bit of work from Facebook groups. I'm in a lot of uh, different types of groups. I'm, you know, uh, my area groups and there's um, women's groups and there's photography groups. So I'm in a lot of them and a lot of those people will post for photographers. So um, I'm also in like a business community group. Uh, They post for photographers. So I would highly suggest you get on Facebook. It is a a really good way of finding work. You may have to post five, six, seven times before someone contacts you, but it's a good way to build up that network and get your name seen. So Tanya, I'm looking at our run sheet here and our next little segment is listener engagement. Answer questions from (laughs) listeners about breaking into the photographic industry. The problem is we've only got 11 listeners. 11 listeners. That's great. <laughs> so, so instead of answering a listener question, you can answer one from me. What's one of your success stories? I've got none. <laughs> <laughs> no successes. Success stories. Um, I'm probably going to, I know I've mentioned this in previous episode about my very first job in the photographic industry um, where I got to shoot for a, I met a CEO on a plane and I got to shoot for a big international company. Uh, that was sort of my opening into the architectural industry. Uh, it's funny, but 15 years later, I'm now back in contact with that same CEO. Uh, yeah, just recently an email was sent through yesterday uh, about maybe potential future work. That's my success story 15 years later. That is awesome. Wow. That's so good. So if you're out there listening and you want to ask either Tanya or I a question, Please write in. There's a beautiful little uh, spot on our page where you can write us in some questions. More than happy to answer you on the uh, upcoming episodes. And if nobody writes in, I will come in and write my own question. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to introduce a little, uh, a new little segment here in the podcast where we start. Before we actually finish it off and and leave you guys, we're going to start talking about what's coming up in the industry, some of the industry's trends that are that are going on right now. So Tanya, what's one of the trends that you can see coming up in the industry right now? I think AI is becoming a big, a big trend. I think very soon we'll all be working for robots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think AI will completely replace photography. 
uh, you know, they, unless a robot actually does come out and shoot a wedding, I just don't think that's possible in that part of the industry. Maybe with commercial photography, you know, we may lose some work, maybe some product photography or uh, things like portraits. I don't think we'll lose people. I don't know how to go with architectural photography, but there's maybe a good chance that AI will have a big impact in that industry. What do you think? Um, I don't think... I I'm with you on on the more human contact sort of parts of the industry, yep. weddings and portraits and sort of um, working with within the industry where you have a high level of contact with people. That's not going to go away. No. But what AI is going to do is it's going to lower the bar for entry for a lot of people yeah. in that you can now, I mean, I'm even, we discussed this earlier. With with the level of AI inside Photoshop now, it's ridiculously easy. Ridiculously easy. To, I teach Photoshop yeah. and wow. It is ridiculously easy to edit your photographs to a professional standard. I saw a student of mine just recently uh, shoot a picture of a car and it was just in a city street and with AI, he selected the background and just replaced it for like, I think it was like a mountaintop with trees in the background and it looks sensational. And it was literally AI that did it for him. Oh. So I think things like that will make, um, you know, like car photography uh, will make, will lower the bar a little bit because you can remove all the reflections. You can clean up the car. You can change the background. Uh, with architectural, I'm really in two minds about it. I think if someone's building something, they're not going to want AI, you know, they want a real picture of what they've built so people can see their workmanship. Maybe architects might use AI to change their renders into a real picture. Uh, I'm really in two minds about the way AI can work. I think with editing, it's it's a massive thing. Uh, very soon, you're just going to be able to run pictures in there and say, fix exposure, clean skin, change background, blur this, blur that, and bang, it's well, going to be can done. Almost, yeah, you can almost do that now. Yeah, I know. I mean, I literally know. type in a prompt into generative fill. <laughs> And, and it'll, it'll do whatever you t ask it to. It is very gener generative feel though, is still simple. Yep. I think because it's in the beta mode, I do find that you have to be very simple with your wording. If you write something a little bit more complex, it doesn't quite get it. It's kind of funny, but yeah, once they, once they nail that, I think we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening to our little segments. We'll now get back onto topic. So Tanya, when you first started out, what's some of the essential equipment that you had with you? And did you buy all your stuff or did you start hiring? So I came out of university and I had a camera because I needed it for university. Yeah. So I couldn't have done my folio or anything without it, but I would probably recommend to anybody starting out there that's unsure about what camera equipment or what they should use, hire first. It's a tax deductible. So you'll be able to claim it on tax and you'll be able to try a lot of different cameras and lenses and different pieces of equipment that you may need before you invest because anything that says photography on it has massive dollar signs. And one of the things I do on occasion is I do those corporate talking head to video yep. sort of thing. And I don't have video lights or anything like that. But what I do is every time I need to do it is I just hire. I just hire the lights. Yeah. I will hire lenses too yeah. if I need it. Yeah. And then I put that onto the invoice. Client pays for it. We're done. And it's tax deductible. Exactly. Like I said before, it's a bonus. 
So that's bringing us to the end of the episode. So before we sort of leave, um, what are some of the key points or some of the key takeaways from today? The key takeaways are start your folio, get your folio sorted so you can prove your authenticity to clients. Network, make sure you network. Um, And find your niche. It doesn't have to be the niche that you're going to keep forever, but the one for right now. And that's a great start. Thank you, everyone, all 11 people for listening to our podcast today. today. Um, Please feel free to reach out and ask us any questions if there's something you'd like us to to discuss uh, or if you have any questions just in general, we're happy to answer them. And Tanya's just started the Instagram account. It's only got one photo there right now. Right now. But come along and join us on Instagram and you'll, you'll see us build up as we go along. Where's the link for the Instagram, Darren? Is it on the podcast? It, it will be in the show notes. Fantastic. So, Darren, have you organised next fortnight's topic for us? Indeed, I have. And for those people who listened the other week, or the other fortnight, I should say, <laughs> and found out that I hadn't scripted anything yet, <laughs> I've actually done my homework this week. And for our next topic... It's a tutor talk. It's us talking to people who are students and it's going to be 10 things your tutor wished you knew. I wonder how long that episode's going to go for with me and you talking. Probably an hour. (laughs) 